0: Hello, my name is Catherine McGrady, and I am the president and CEO of CNA. Welcome to CNA Talks, CNA's podcast, where we cover the topics of today from foreign policy and defense to policing, education, and more. Each episode features a discussion on current affairs led by our in-house experts.
1: Now on to our host for this episode. I'm Liza Cordero, your host from CNA Education. Thank you for listening in. Now, let me tell you a little bit about us and what we do. One of the key areas that CNA Education focuses on is career and technical education, or CTE. CTE is a powerful tool to equip youth and adults with the skills and credentials needed for high growth and in-demand careers that lead to self-sufficiency. CNA Education recently launched an initiative called STEMWIRE, which aims to provide the rigorous research and technical assistance needed to strengthen the research base on CTE and support current and developing CTE programs. February just happens to be National CTE Month, and we're lucky to have with us Kevin Oshinsky from the Association of Career and Technical Education, and Lou Tesfai, Senior Policy Director here at CNA Education. So Kevin, let's start with you. February 1st, the kickoff of CTE Month 2017. Why is this so important? Why is it significant?
2: I would say that the first reason CTE Month is so important, or Career and Technical Education Month, to use the full term, is that career and technical education itself is really significant. So career and technical education is education that prepares students for high wage, high-demand careers. And right, that covers really all the fields that are most uh, sought out in today's economy, healthcare and information technology, for example. Also fields like advanced manufacturing and even some other fields you might not necessarily think of off the top of your head, like hospitality management, you know, there's a lot of jobs in that field. So career and technical education is really valuable. And it's, you know, it's. I, I suppose it's pretty self-explanatory as to why it's good for students to be prepared for their careers. But CTE has a lot of other benefits that people might not immediately realize. For example, students that take CTE classes are more likely to graduate high school than students that don't. And that may be because they're more, kind of more engaged and kind of realize the real world ramifications. They can see the real world impact of what they're learning. So that's a good thing. Also, CTE programs, especially if students have maybe work-based learning opportunities, which is very common for secondary and post-secondary CTE programs, they learn kind of the employability skills. Some people call them soft skills, but they're very important. How to be on time. How to communicate effectively with your supervisors. How to think critically. And employers really want those, and those are applicable to a wide variety of, of situations. And then also, you know, just to be clear, CTE is a very versatile thing. People can, at AC, ACTE, we have our members, who are mainly CTE educators, but also many other people, administrators and such, connected to the CTE community. And so a lot of our members are secondary teachers, some, many are post-secondary teachers, so not only uh, four-year college, but also community college, also technical programs for students of college age. Um, And then also, you know, there's CTE programs for adult learners, even some middle school classes you might consider CTE. So it's a really versatile field and we want to celebrate that during CTE month. So that's why, coming back to the original question, that's why CTE month is so important. And so we want to give during CTE month, which we do every year, uh, the chance for really everyone in the CTE community, some of whom are ACT's members, but many of whom are not, just to do, just to kind of celebrate the work that they do. And there's really two effects of that. First off, obviously we want to get the word out to school administrators and business leaders and counselors and parents even. People that have an enormous influence on what students do and of course the students themselves. So that's a good thing. And then also, and this is maybe a little more subtle, we just want to give the chance for people in the CTE community to celebrate the work that they do. You know, just even if it's for their own sake. Like if, if you hold an event in your school even if the media doesn't come, or even if policymakers don't come, you're still gonna, you know, it, it's still a, a way to kind of focus on how the work you do is valuable, and that's that's very valuable for its own sake.
1: So, what are some of the events that are going on this year? I don't know if you know about many of them yet, since it was it's just been a day since <laughs> um, February started. But generally, do you know of things that are going on throughout the nation?
2: Well, that was a perfect setup because we know of some things, but not others. The first major CTE month thing that that, um, was very fun to do, unfortunately ended yesterday. That was a CTE month thunderclap we did, which was a social media campaign where we first connected with our members, and then they connected with people they knew too, to put out a social media message about the value of CTE month. The message itself was fairly general, because it had to fit on people's Twitter pages and all that. But it had a link to our CTE month page, which is acteonline.org slash CTE month. Where there's links on how to host your own event, how to reach out to the media and policymakers, things like that for people that are interested. So that was a really fun thing to do. And we got, you know, if you add everyone's friends and followers up, we had over 800,000 people that theoretically saw it. So that was very fun. Then, in terms of actual physical events, ACTE ourselves are holding two school visits in collaboration with schools. Um, the first one is very local, it's at George C. Marshall High School in Falls Church, Virginia, and that's two week, about two weeks from now. The second is at a school in Connecticut that we have a close relationship with. And during those visits, we collaborate with the school to kind of build an event where the school showcases their CTE programs through uh, panels where students and alums and teachers and administrators speak about their experiences, and really the highlight of the visits are always these classroom tours where attendees who include um, Local policymakers, the media. Uh, in being in D.C., we sometimes get people from the various federal departments to show up and kind of see what's going on. So those are the first things that we're doing. But then, as you mentioned, our members and non-members too, really many other people in the CT community also do their own events, and we don't <laughs> because the because the U.S. is such a big country, we don't always hear about all those before they happen. Um, sometimes, many of them we only hear about after they happen because. They get a good write-up in the local newspaper or from a TV station or something. But I know we we, we do track that to the best we can. And I know that, for example, there's an open house in Massachusetts tonight. There's some stuff in uh, New Jersey and New York on Saturday, things like that. And we're going to try to keep abreast of that as it develops. And just, just um, to plug it, we have on our CTE month page, we have two different pages. We have a CTE month calendar. Where you can where we we try to put events before they happen. And then we have a CT Month Success Stories page where we try to put the newspaper write-ups and the photos people send us, things like that. So that's where you can find out more.
1: So, Lul, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, we, Kevin did a great job describing what CTE is, but I think um, sometimes when you don't know a lot about CTE, the vision that you have is an older vision of what CTE used to be. And I like to say this is not your grandfather's CTE. Talk to us a little bit about um, what a CTE classroom looks like today.
0: Absolutely, and I think one great thing that Kevin mentioned earlier is that career and technical education is really preparing youth and adults for 21st century careers and our evolving economy. And because of that, I think you'll notice in a CTE classroom today, it's incredibly relevant. Um, it's incredibly rigorous. You have students that are not just learning technical skills as part of their CTE program, but also academic skills that are aligned with the state's college and career readiness standards. And you also, as Kevin mentioned, have students attaining employability skills through their CTE coursework, helping them with critical thinking and and some of the other softer skills that employers are really looking for in a qualified workforce. You also have a lot of contextualization and personalization in CTE classrooms. If you've ever stepped inside of a classroom, you'll you'll probably be incredibly impressed at how hands-on the learning is in a CTE classroom, whether it's a healthcare-related CTE course or whether it's an advanced manufacturing CTE course, the equipment that you see in today's CTE classroom is essentially the same as what you would see in the field on a job. In fact, I think it's also important to note that the high-quality CTE programs are not just confined to a classroom in a traditional school building. You have uh, opportunities nowadays for students, whether they're youth or adults, taking CTE at a post-secondary level to actually go to the workplace and uh, attain um, and and participate in instruction while working
1: at an employer site. I just heard you say something that, that really uh, piqued my interest was that students who are in the CTE classrooms, they truly are using equipment and getting the latest and the greatest um, of industry needs for within their communities. So what are some of the most promising uh, trends in CTE right now, at least that you're aware of?
0: Absolutely. And and
1: um, just to maybe take a step back and, and highlight that a high quality
0: CTE Program really involves the participation of a secondary partner, a post-secondary partner, as well as an employer, and that's why you often see um, high-quality equipment and and tools inside of a CTE classroom because it's advantageous for the employer to make sure that their incoming workforce knows how to um, hit the ground running on day one. There are a number of promising CTE programs out there, and quite a bit of rigorous research around this is well for example the career academies model where you have high schools organized into smaller learning groups um, and where the courses and the activities are tied to a specific career or occupational theme and include a work-based learning component is something that is incredibly promising in the CTE field there are also specific CTE schools like the ones in the Philadelphia school district that operate as comprehensive full-time high schools that are again devoted to a career theme and are seeing trends tremendous outcomes for the individual students that actually complete those programs.
1: So Kevin, now I'm putting you on the spot. Mm -hmm. Um, What are some of those trends that you've seen, obviously with the Association of uh, Career and Technical Education, I'm sure that a lot comes uh, through your desk or by your desk.
2: Well, I would say that several of the things Lowell said were very accurate. I think the focus on work-based learning is really crucial, and I think it's... um, you know, I think it's very helpful, because as, as we know, we've all searched for jobs in the last little while, experience is so paramount when you're looking to get hired pretty much anywhere, CTE or non-CTE. And so to the extent that students are gaining experience while they're still in school, if they're a high school student, taking, um, getting a work-based learning experience, or a post-secondary student, it's really advantageous. Also, the career pathways and programs of study that will talked about, it's, you know a lot of the skills that people need to learn can't be taught in just one class so it's good to have a path where you can take the time to kind of plan what you want to do and then have several classes that build off of each other and sometimes they result in directly earning a, a certificate you have maybe you have to take a test or maybe you just have to pass the class but that specific credential as a result of those pathways can be very valuable and also one more kind of more anecdotal thing i want to mention is I, when I talk to people about my job, either in D.C. or for back in New Jersey, where I'm from, or other places, people are generally pretty positive about um, the work we do. They say, "Oh, that's they say that's that's really great." Um, and then they often say something like, "Yeah, you know, I think we need to realize that not everyone needs a four-year degree. People, you know, people. It's it's good for students to have kind of specialized paths, and they'll mention someone they know that maybe entered a field that you wouldn't expect because." They took a training program when they were a high school student and they continued that during a post-secondary certificate. And of course, I follow up by telling them, well, you know, CTE is for four-year university students too, but just the idea that you have that variety is very valuable.
1: So, yeah, you know, I'm going to jump off of that a little bit. You also hear a lot of, of stories of perhaps parents, um, perhaps grandparents. Um, saying things like, well, no, 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 I don't want my child going to CTE because then that means that they're not college-bound. Or uh, CTE, and this is the elephant in the room, but CTE is not for my kid. So how do you react to those types of statements?
2: (laughs) Well, thankfully, uh, people don't talk to me directly about that stuff usually. It's, I guess, the other people at our office. But I guess I would say, I mean, it just... There, there's so many different careers out there, and it's when you're when you're young, you really have the chance to explore that in a way that you kind of you kind of not that there aren't CT adult learners, but when you're young is I think a really good time to do that. And there's a lot of uh, perfectly fine careers to be had in fields that people might not initially expect. So just you know try to try to find out what maybe fits your child's uh, interest and skill set, and if even if that's a little bit unorthodox, it could be a very good fit for them.
1: Excellent. CNA Education has done uh, quite a bit of work with Simulated Workplace, which is a program in West Virginia where many of the classrooms have been transformed into actual workplace uh, workplace places. Um, Ultimately, you have kids who are are going in, students who are walking in, having to use time cards, being drug tested, doing a lot of different things um, through this this initiative. So, Lul, I'm going to turn to you and ask uh, about other innovative examples, successful practices in CTE classrooms that you've been associated with or have heard about.
0: Um, So I think there are so many practices to highlight, and some of them have already come out um, during the course of our conversation today. Um, I think what's a cornerstone of a high-quality CTE model is this non-duplicative, seamless sequence of courses that really prepares students to earn stackable credentials, and for students at the high school level to even earn post-secondary credits. So to your question earlier about the value of of CTE and to those who might be resistant in encouraging their high school students to participate in CTE programs, this could be a really great and affordable way to knock out some post-secondary courses for a student who also deserves an opportunity to explore their career interests at an early age. I think what's also a really important and successful practice in CTE classrooms is um, the uh, offering of supplemental services and counseling services, oftentimes high quality CTE programs will feature career counseling and coaching for students, again, who are still just trying to navigate what their interests are, and it's these features that really make sure that the student is well supported um, as they kind of navigate their, their academic trajectory.
1: Something you said earlier, um, the fact that uh, a CTE program that is successful doesn't just include the coursework, it includes partnerships, it includes counseling. So uh, do you have examples of some of these successful partnerships? Kevin?
2: Uh, sure. Um, I would, I, I, two, a couple of them that immediately come to mind are things that ACTE wrote about in a little series of, I don't know if you would call them, short white papers, or long flyers, or two-pagers, whatever. We call them our Taking Business to School series. And we have done the, we've published a few of those over the last couple years. And the most recent one we published was about a partnership between a company called Pratt & Whitney, which is a Georgia-based manufacturing company that mainly manufactures jet engines, and the local technical college in the Columbus, Georgia area, and a few local high schools. And so in that program, and I'm going to actually look at my notes because I don't want to misstate this. So first you had uh, in the high school, the the teachers in the high schools would recommend kind of their best students in the manufacturing area for the opportunity to take a certified manufacturing course at the local technical college. So already you have students in high school gaining the opportunity to earn post-secondary credit. And then... Uh, students from there would take the state of Georgia's work-ready assessment, and if they passed—which pretty much all of them did—they would have the, op- the the opportunity to intern at Pratt and Whitney, the company itself. And it was a very I, <laughs> not everyone that passed the assessment actually got to intern. It was a very competitive internship, but the best of those students did, and they actually interned for 19 hours a week for a whole semester. And so that's pretty arduous. But when they were done, they had they earned a specific certificate as a certified machine specialist. And that made it a lot easier for them to get jobs at Pratt & Whitney or at other local companies without a four-year degree. Also a little bit older, there was a partnership between a company called Hypertherm and the community college system in New Hampshire. So there, that company makes plasma cutters and fiber laser cutters. And there's there's two issues that they faced, which was A, that the skills you need to operate those machines are very specialized, and B, they're in rural New Hampshire, so there aren't a lot of people in general. So what they did was they opened their own technical institute and they were able to attract students by A, paying them while they were taking the program, and then B, uh, basically guaranteeing them a job afterward, because the program was very specifically targeted toward those specific skills. And then what they did was they partnered with the New Hampshire Community College system to kind of, first of all, get students more aware of it, and second, to offer students the chance to, within that existing course, earn uh, credits toward an associate degree. Which could be used to bolster your credentials at the original company or other places you wanted to work. So,
1: Lou, kind of jumping off of these this partnership conversation, I'm sure that we would all like to see more of these partnerships throughout the United States. Um, you, I know, this is one of your area of expertise uh, related to uh, policy, and although the Carl D. Perkins Career and Technical Education Act has yet to be reauthorized. What are some examples of legislative reforms at the federal, state, or local levels uh, that support improvements for CTE?
0: Absolutely, I think that's a really great question, Liza. Um, First off, I think the passage of the Every Student Succeeds Act in December 2015, which uh, replaces No Child Left Behind, really acknowledges the importance that CTE plays in what is considered a well-rounded education program. And this is monumental. Um, For, you know, decades now, CTE has been offered at the secondary level. But the fact that there's a recognition that CTE models are preparing students for academically uh, rigorous paths and preparing them for careers given their its mention in ESSA is a, a huge victory for the CTE world, and I think we'll start to see better alignment between the traditional academic programs that are funded through ESSA um, and CTE programs that are funded through the Carl D Perkins Act and other states and local investments. Um, I think that's something that's also interesting to note and, and is uh, a huge boost for career and technical edu- education is the fact that the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act, which was passed in July of 2014, uh, requires state and local workforce development areas to collect and analyze their labor market information to really understand their workforce and the skills needs of employers in their area. And This analysis can directly shape the development and the strengthening of CTE programs. In fact, you have states like Delaware and Minnesota, New Hampshire, Ohio, and Virginia that have gone so far as to articulate the coordination between their workforce training programs and their CTE programs through their formal state planning process. And this is another huge victory for the CTE field. At the state level, we're seeing a lot of really interesting things happening in the area of integrated education and training. Now, integrated education and training programs support youth and adults with low basic skills or those who need to refresh their basic skills in literacy and numeracy. Um, And not only does it help them, um, you know, attain a a level of post-secondary credential or, um, uh, expertise it also exposes them to career oriented training as well so these integrated education and training policies that we're seeing at the state level, in fact, there have recently been 18 states that have passed formalized policies to support these integrated education and training programs, represents a huge victory and progress in making sure that our 21st century workforce is actually prepared to be competitive in the
1: labor market and find high-wage, high-demand jobs. So CNA, um, recently joining CNA, Lul, We are focusing quite a bit on support and research related to CTE. So um, you've been in this arena. You you understand what's happening. What are some of the goals and gaps that we have for um, research and what we want to focus on at CNA Education?
0: Well, for many years now, CNA Education has strived to provide unbiased and relevant research to inform evidence-based policies and practices at not just the federal level, but also the state and local levels to really make sure that, policymakers and education and workforce leaders have the information that they need to improve the education, labor market, and life outcomes of youth and adults. And we have a track record of building and disseminating evidence on effective work-based uh, development excuse me workforce development strategies for example last year we released an evaluation of Connecticut's health and life science initiative this was a, a program that was funded through the Department of Labor and it's a program to recruit and train veterans and workers who were unemployed underemployed or displaced by foreign trade and our evaluation uh, really helped the staff collect feedback from enrolled students and and improve their programming moving forward so we will of course continue to do work in this area um, but some topics of interest moving forward include taking a closer look at what works at the post-secondary CTE level earlier I mentioned um, the promise of career academies and um, CTE schools they There is a pretty strong evidence base on secondary CTE models. However, there's somewhat of a dearth of evidence on what works at the post-secondary level. And even though most of the investments from the Carl D. Perkins Act goes to secondary CTE, um, a significant number, 40%, still goes to post-secondary CTE. And you also have states and local areas investing quite a bit of money as well. So there's a bit of a black box there that we really want to understand a little bit more. Another area where we're exploring is additional research on career pathways. Career pathways is kind of the wave of the future, but there are so many different career pathway models, some of them tailored to specific populations, whether we're talking about returning military or uh, foreign educated populations or disconnected youth. And so we're really interested in supporting the field and really understanding what works in the career pathway model model. And another area, and you mentioned it earlier, is simulated learning. Um, This is a particularly interesting model for rural areas in the United States where they might not have direct connections to employers or um, um, where students might have a hard time going to um, uh, a work site on a daily basis to get some hands-on concrete
1: experience. So that's another area where we're really looking to support the field. I think you uh, answered my last question before i I asked it, which is what is the new frontier for CTE? Anything else you would like to add to that? And then Kevin?
0: That's a great question, Liza. And I think it's worth acknowledging that when the Perkins Act was last reauthorized in two thousand and six, it introduced this contract of program of study. And through a program of study, An LEA and a post-secondary institution or a consortium of post-secondary institutions are required to offer at least one program that supports seamless transitions and pathways between secondary CTE and post-secondary CTE. It features content that aligns academic and technical coursework, and it also encourages Uh, models like dual enrollment and concurrent enrollment, so that students that participate in programs of study really have a pathway to earning a post-secondary credential or post-secondary credit, including an associate's degree or or a a bachelor's degree. And this is a really important uh, improvement in the field of CTE. Now unfortunately, programs of study are not universal, and so In the future, I think we'll start to see more and more CTE programs incorporate these high-quality elements that are features of programs of study. And one element in particular that uh, hopefully becomes central to every single career and technical education program is work-based learning, which we talked about earlier. Uh, Work-based learning is a type of job training that combines on-the-job training as well as a classroom-based component and we already see this in many CTE programs as well as apprenticeship models and and on-the-job training Um, but it's really important that students in every single community have access to work-based learning opportunities particularly those that are paid and that lead to long-term employment. Kevin? What do you
1: see as the new or next frontier?
2: Well, actually, before I get to that, I'd like to talk about the policy thing very quickly. Um, And I think one thing that's important to bring up about career and technical education policy on the federal level, also on the state levels, is that it really is an issue that generally enjoys bipartisan support. Um, So for example, yeah, yes, the Perkins Act did stall in the Senate, but that was mostly for unrelated reasons. And it passed the House by a large amount. So we hope that when, when, when other different factors maybe uh, come together a little more. We hope we'll be able to keep making advances on federal CTE policy. Also, for example, uh, Senators Kane and Portman recently jointly introduced a bill that would expand Pell Grant eligibility to students enrolled in short-term training programs. So there's definitely some bipartisan uh, focus on both sides. It just hasn't come together so much recently. And then also, a lot of the states are, a lot of the states are kind of picking up the slack. Um, ACT is a state policy paper. We publish each year and we just published the one for 2016 and so a lot of states in the past year have increased CTE funding or made it easier for businesses to build connections between um, between businesses and schools or made it easier for students to earn dual credit by making certain education standards a certain way so there's it's a little harder to find but there is a lot of good CTE work going on in states and then to come back to the issue of the CTE frontier well, it's such, just as CTE is such a varied field. The frontier itself uh, depends a little bit on what specific field you're in. I mean, fields that uh, are more technically focused will have different specific developments than fields where maybe the focus is on specific skills and best practices rather than certain technology. But either way, it, it's for really all CTE fields, the future is pretty bright because I think everyone realizes that there's uh, such, such a need for students to learn academic and technical and employability skills. And whether, you know, for all different fields, no matter what path you go down, those skills are going to be important. So I think that there's definitely knowledge on the part of a lot of groups and people that um, the skills that are taught in CT classes are very important. So I think that the future for CT in terms of public support and action and new developments is looking good.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Lul. And uh, to everyone listening, happy CTE month 2017. If you do want to learn more about CTE month, you can visit the website, acteonline.org forward slash CTE month. Also to learn more about CNA education or STEM wire, visit cna.org. Thanks for listening to CNA Talks, the CNA
0: podcast. The views expressed here are those of the commentators and do not necessarily reflect the views of CNA or any of its sponsors. CNA is a nonprofit research organization dedicated to developing actionable solutions to complex problems of national importance. For the show notes and to learn more about our work, visit us at www.cna.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.